0: Episode 28, Is Gold Right For You? Hey Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien.
1: And I'm your co-host, Katie Welsh.
0: And today, we're going to tackle gold and if it's the right time to buy gold.
1: You know, Dan, for a long time, I didn't know people actually buy like bars of gold. Right. Is that a thing?
0: Yeah, it is a thing not as much in days gone by, but precious metals definitely are a big thing on the investor radar. Now, the reason it's such a big thing is precious metals are generally looked to as a physical substance that holds value. Now, whenever something goes wrong, like a downturn in the economy, war, any political uncertainty, people turn to gold because of the fluctuations in the exchange rates. So it's kind of like a safe haven from the stock market, from the bond market. Yeah, it's it's something to keep your money safe, really.
1: So it's more than what Daffy Duck would buy in the cartoon.
0: Everything more than Daffy Duck. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so gold it's it's hard to know when is the right time to buy gold. You sort of want to buy it when you think times are going to be a bit more politically uncertain. So you could say now with this whole thing with North Korea, that stuff's a bit weird at the moment. But interesting enough, you have Bitcoin on the rise as well and other cryptocurrencies. So that could be the new store for value instead of gold. It's definitely an interesting time that we're in right now.
1: Well, today we're talking to Peter Hug from Kitco and he explains buying gold and precious metals so well are you ready to get into the interview
0: i'm ready let's start right in. welcome to chain of wealth here's your host dennis inspiring you
2: to begin your journey of financial freedom
0: And Welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today we have Peter Hugg with us. A frequent speaker at British medals conferences and in the financial media, Peter is one of the handful of experts who have succeeded through multiple bull and bear cycles using skills earned during the financial fluctuations in the 1980s. Prior to joining Kitco, Mr. Hugg served as a vice president at the Guardian Trust Company, now part of Laurentian Bank. Which became one of the largest international trading houses for precious metals. Mister Hug developed the first precious metals certificate program and the first margin trading accounts for metals on the crash markets. Welcome, Peter.
2: Welcome. Pleasure to be here. Thank you.
1: So, Peter, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Uh, yeah, I graduated uh, from the University of Toronto in 1973. Uh, my first. Uh, foray foray into these markets was with a foreign exchange dealer uh, called Deke Pereira, which was the uh, largest retail foreign exchange dealer on the planet uh, back in uh, the early 70s. And uh, uh, I was their chief trader for Forex uh, for about four years uh, in Toronto and uh then Guardian Trust which uh was headquartered in Montreal uh, decided to open an office in Toronto and uh, not only uh, were they dealers in foreign exchange but they also had a precious metals component uh so i took a job with them and uh was fortunate enough uh, to uh witness the first bull market in gold uh, when gold ran to 850 in 1980 and silver ran to $50 for the first time and uh Guardian Trust at that point uh throughout the 80s became uh, next to the Bank of Nova Scotia, which is Canada's largest precious metals uh, wholesaler, uh, became uh, pretty much the second largest wholesaler in uh, precious metals uh, in North America, uh, certainly in Canada. And, uh, yeah, we had a desk of some 30 traders uh, with offices in Vancouver and in uh, Montreal uh, with a, a principal training desk in Toronto. I stayed with Guardian until 92, when um, it was sold to Laurentian Bank, which is a a primary bank that's based in Quebec. Uh, At that point, I had young children. I didn't want to move to uh, Montreal. Um, And I got out of the business uh, for uh, a little bit of time. I uh, actually worked in a totally unrelated field for about three years, Uh, worked for a company that introduced the technology of microchipping for pets. Uh, and uh, the uh, database that uh, goes along with the, with the uh, technology. And uh, we developed a, um, a marketing system uh, through the veterinarians and the shelters throughout North America where people uh, that had pets that had a microchip in them and uh, the pets were lost could be returned. I did that till about 97. Then I moved to the Bahamas. I worked there for about four years, uh, uh, getting experience in opening offshore trusts and uh, trading operations uh, from an offshore perspective Um, and then I quite frankly retired and I I ran a country inn in Niagara-on-the-Lake just outside of Niagara Falls for about six years and then I was approached by Kitco in uh, 2009. Um, They were growing. They had grown from 17 uh, personnel to uh, well over 200 and uh, the owner of the company asked me if I could come in and uh, take over the uh, precious metals. uh, department for kitco and i've been with kitco since uh, approximately february of 2010 as their uh, director of global trading
0: fantastic sounds really interesting so let's chat a little bit about gold historically gold is a is a precious metal that people will normally buy in times of uncertainty we see the prices absolutely skyrocket let's talk about gold today should we consider buying it in the current markets?
2: You know, I again, uh, I've been in this business since '73, and uh, I can tell you that uh, although there's been obviously uh, considerable uh, technological advances in how how uh, desks trade precious metals today, as they did uh, as opposed to how they traded in the '70s and early '80s when we didn't have computers and uh, we didn't have uh, you know cell phones, uh, everything was done over the telephone. Uh, But the questions. and the the sort of the psychology of the precious metals investor really has not changed in the past 40 years. Back then I was asked by investors whether they should buy gold and I'm asked the same question today. And, you know, there's really not a a pat answer to that. The answer that that I usually come back with to an investor that asks me is really what is their motivation? Uh, You know, are they looking for a capital gain? Are they looking to preserve a hedge against the balance of their portfolio. And, you know, depending on how that question is answered, uh, I can give a more definitive uh, response. But if we use sort of the general, you know, the general outline of the psychology of the precious metals investor, I've I've looked at it over the past 40 years, and and they basically uh, fall into four groups. And uh, the groups uh, are the same today as they were back in the 70s. And, uh, you know, the first group is, is what I would call, uh, the investor that is, uh, um, how can I say this? Uh, that is, um, influenced by, uh, the end of worlders, sort of the, uh, you know, the analysts that have been out and this is not a recent phenomenon. This has been going on since the seventies, uh, you know, that think the economic, uh, uh, the economic uh, situation is going to get so dire that it's going to collapse the banks and uh, the monetary system, U.S. dollars uh, are, are going to be debased. And really, if you don't have gold, you're not going to survive the apocalypse. Uh, now, again, that story has been told and over and overtold since uh, mid 1970s. Uh, you know, we've had obviously downturns in the economy. We've had uh, stock market shocks, but uh, we have not yet had the apocalypse. But this group of investors believes that that is the case, and uh, they they buy gold uh, as a refuge to the inevitable fact that the uh, the economic system, as they know it, will collapse. Uh, it sounds like a fringe group but it isn't. Uh, it, it really does take a, a, a considerable amount of offtake off the physical market. Uh, the, uh, these people are convinced uh, that the government is against them and uh, that uh, they will uh, again uh, ban gold ownership and uh, you should not hold your metals anywhere in any institution because none of them can be trusted and they t- tend to take delivery of the metals. for that investor class, it really doesn't matter where the price is, because the apocalypse scenario suggests that gold's going to be at 10 or 20 or $30,000 an ounce, uh, and also that you're going to need gold for barter. Uh, So, you know, that's one group. In that context, I don't, it it doesn't matter if I tell them to buy gold or not buy gold uh, at this price, or, you know, $20 lower or $30 higher. It's just a matter that they want to hold gold as a, a significant portion of their portfolio. The second group, which is is probably the broader of the groups, is what I call the conservative investor, where they want to hold a percentage of of their portfolio in metals. It does not need to be necessarily in physical metals. Uh, You know, they're comfortable with the, uh, the institutions, so they may invest in ETFs, they may invest in physical bars, or they may invest in mining shares. And what they want is a percentage of their portfolio to protect the balance of their portfolio in the event you have meltdowns like 2008 or you have an inflationary uh, spiral to those investors, uh, I say to them, you know, holding five, 10, 15%, whatever, whatever your calibration percentage is, is okay, but you need to treat it as an investment. And what that means is that you need to recalibrate that investment at least every six months. And most most of the analysts out there just say buy 10% of your portfolio in gold, and they end the sentence. But you know, the second part of that sentence is that you need to recalibrate your portfolio. So, for example, if you wanted to hold 10% of your assets in gold in 2008, and gold was trading at $700 an ounce, well, in 2011, gold traded at $1,900 an ounce. You know, assuming everything else was equal, uh, it is likely that your gold holdings now represent more than 10% of your total portfolio. Right. In that context, you need to sell. So if you're at 17% gold, you need to sell 7% of your gold. Vice versa, had you bought into the 2011 market at $1,900 and now gold's trading at $1,300, your percentage is probably not 10%, maybe it's down at 6%. You need to buy 4% more to keep that balance at 10%. What that'll do is it'll keep your protection in line, but at the same time, it will uh, allow you to get out as the market rallies higher and it'll get it'll, it'll allow you to buy more as the market drops. The third class is, uh, again, just for sake of names, I call them the trader. Uh, and uh, traders are, are not loyal to the market. They can be short, uh, you know, at 9 o'clock in the morning and they can be long the market at 9.15 in the market, at 9.15 in the morning. And traders are strictly there for capital gains. They're looking for the most efficient way to trade the market. They are generally uh, active in the futures market, sometimes in the options market. Uh, but they are looking for the tightest spread so they can get in and out of the market the same way they would have stock. The fourth group is what I call the collector. And, and uh, these are individuals uh, that buy what I would call commemorative, commemorative coins that are issued by the mints, uh, the US Mint, the Royal Canadian Mint, uh, the British Royal Mint, uh, the Perth Mint, uh, the Austrian Mint, uh, they come out literally weekly. Uh, and these coins uh, usually have a high premium to uh, silver or gold content. Uh, they tend to be collectibles. Uh, people buy them because they think they're cool. Uh, you know, they might buy a Superman coin or a Darth Vader coin or a, uh, a series of airplane coins issued by the British Royal Mint. Uh, these are, in my opinion, and always have been, terrible investments, uh, but they're kind of cool gifts, and uh, it does create a um, relatively significant offtake on the physical market because uh, these investments, uh, I, again, I don't want to use the word investments, these uh, products basically are bought and they're usually put in a drawer and uh, forgotten about. And uh, so it does take metal off the market, which does uh, increase the uh, demand side of the equation. So where you fall in these groups would determine uh, whether you should be buying gold or selling gold or, uh, you know, and, and and sort of, again, what, you, what, your, uh, what your ultimate goal is uh, will determine how you approach the market. Sorry for being so long-winded.
1: Oh, no, you're good. That was a lot of really great information. What is the difference between buying gold and buying silver?
2: Well, silver, uh, I mean, gold tends to be a more pure metal from the perspective of of reacting uh, more specifically to economic and geopolitical events. Silver tends to follow gold. It tends to outperform gold when the market is in a bull market and it tends to outperform gold when the market is in a down market, which means silver will drop in percentage terms more than gold. It will rise in percentage terms more than gold. What silver uh, also has to – when you buy silver, you also have to consider that it is an industrial metal. So if you have an economy that is growing – uh, and you have industrial demand for silver. Uh, you tend to have more uh, percentage. Again, if the market is in an uptrend, you'll have a higher percentage gain in silver than you would in gold. Uh, vice versa, if you have a market that is in a in a uh, you know a, a deflation or a a slowdown, the industrial demand for silver will slow down, uh, which means silver uh, prices will underperform gold. Uh, in that scenario so they sort of call them sister metals um but in a bull market if you're bullish the market on 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 gold uh you're likely to get better a better return by buying silver if you're right Uh, vice versa if you think the market is going down you're likely to get a better return by being short silver than short gold on the downside.
0: That's really interesting. So how do I get my hands on buying gold or buying silver?
2: Again, uh, th- there's a number of vehicles. Uh, again, depending on which group you follow, there's obviously, the uh, for the traders, there's the futures markets, the options markets. Uh, for the conservative investor, uh, those two vehicles also exist, and they also uh, uh, can uh, participate in the mining sector, uh, where you can buy uh, mines that produce gold or silver. Um, For the investor that wants physical product, uh, they could buy bars ranging anywhere from as small as one gram, which is a 32nd of an ounce, uh, all the way up, uh, in the case of gold, to 400 ounce bars, and in the case of silver, 1000 ounce bars. And you could have them stored for you on an allocated basis in your name. Uh, so you don't have to worry about the, you know, the shipping costs, the insurance and, you know, worried about the product being in your home. Or you can have delivery uh, uh, delivery within uh, two business days, uh, generally anywhere in North America to your house.
1: OK. And how do I know if I'm getting a good deal on the gold?
2: That's a matter of uh, buyer beware and uh, I'll, uh, sort of the rule of thumb for gold. Uh, you don't sound old enough to have seen this movie when it came out, but there was a James Bond movie called Goldfinger.
1: <laughs> I remember uh, it. <laughs> and
2: when they went into Fort Knox, uh, you saw them picking out gold bars. Those are what co- are 400-ounce gold bars, which are called standard gold delivery bars. And that's usually what's traded bet- uh, between the banks and the big dealers. And... So when you see the gold price quoted for you, let's assume uh, you know you go on, uh, you know, Bloomberg, Reuters, CNBC, wherever you get your gold quotes from, or you can come on Kitco.com. We have gold charts and live gold prices on a 24/7 basis. Uh, you see a price for gold quoted uh, on on the screens. That is what that is a price for a 400 ounce gold bar. So let's assume that the uh, the price to buy a 400 ounce gold bar is. an ounce. The rule of thumb is the smaller the bar you buy under that 400-ounce gold bar, the more expensive it becomes relative to the gold price. By that, I mean the manufacturing cost in the trade, it's called the fabrication cost, increases as the bar size decreases. So a 400-ounce gold bar would trade at $1,200. Whereas a one ounce gold bar, the premium would be anywhere around 12, 15 or 12, 20. So about a 15 or $20 premium. So there's a number of, uh, uh, you know, dealers that offer, uh, you know, delivery and, and offer competitive pricing on physical bars. Uh, it's a matter of just going online uh, and typing in whatever product you're interested in. Let's say gold Eagles or gold one ounce bars. And there'll be a number of dealers that come up on the internet. And then it's a matter of going to their sites and checking what their uh, premiums are relative to the gold price. And then you can make your decision from there.
0: Awesome. So talking about the different types of um, users that would be buying gold, you obviously have the people that have bought stocks. And when the prices go up and down of the various mining companies, they would directly be affected by that. And they are FDIC insured and everything like that. Let's talk about actual physical gold that you've purchased whether it's being held by someone else or whether you're keeping it under your pillow every night um is there a way to ensure that like say for example someone would have you were to have burglary or maybe the place that was holding the gold for you um that something happened over there um is there some sort of an insurance that you can get for it
2: well when you when you uh store your gold with a dealer on an allocated accounts basis. It's fully insured, generally by Lloyds of London, but there are different insurance carriers. But you are are fully insured and uh, totally protected. Now, the cost of that is a storage fee, which ranges, again, depending on the size of the uh, amount of gold that you wish to store, will range anywhere from maybe a quarter percent to three quarters of a percent per annum uh, on the value of the gold that you are storing with the dealer. And there, again, it's in your name, and it's uh, fully insured for any peril, other than uh, nuclear. I, I mean, there's a couple of uh, uh, exclusions like nuclear war, acts of God, things like that. Um, but if you store it at home, yes, you could you could insure it the same way you would insure your jewelry uh, under your home uh, uh, policy, and that might uh, create a you know an extra fee uh, for your insurance premium. But uh, it is insurable.
0: Awesome. Chainers, we're just going to take a quick break and then we're going to dive right back into the value link round. Chainers, are you looking for great financial tips and advice that you can implement today? Check out Katie's blog. Head over to chainofwealth.com slash blog. Katie blogs on interesting topics such as getting out of debt, negative equity and other financial things such as getting out of student loans and a couple of money tips here and there to save it a quick buck. There's some really great tips there that you can implement very quickly. That's chainofwealth.com slash blog to find out more.
1: Okay, Peter. So why do you think people fail at achieving their
2: dreams? Why do they fail? I mean, in my experience, and I'm, I'm an old guy right now, I'm uh, just going to be turning th- uh, 66. So in my experience being in this business, uh, or just generally being in business since, uh, you know, the early seventies is, uh, that they're impatient with their goal. Uh, they, they have the dream, but uh, the the frustration of not realizing it as quickly as they believe they should uh, generally uh, turns them away from the dream.
0: Great stuff. And do you have any other books or podcasts you could recommend for the show?
2: I can't recommend any other bo- podcast, but what I could recommend is um, – Kitco is, is, again, I'm not trying to promote Kitco here. I'm just trying to, uh, just to uh, give your readers, uh, your listeners, something to think about. A lot, of, a lot of websites, when you go and you buy precious metals, they are, they are strictly a, a, you know, they either buy or they sell precious metals. Kitco is unique, and that's one of the things that, that sort of pulled me out of retirement. I thought they were, they were kind of different from uh, most of the dealers that I had seen on the street. We, we have a media section uh, on Kiko.com. If you go to the site, you'll see that our front page is basically uh, all articles and, and uh, related news on precious metals, foreign currencies, and and a variety of other investments. And it is really strictly a Chinese wall to our trading desk. So, you know, what I find is that, you know, people get caught up in the hype of, uh, you know, some some dealers saying you know gold's going to ten thousand dollars an ounce, put all your money into gold and then they generally regret that. But it it's an educational site where you can actually go and, and you can read uh various opinions of people that are in the business. And not all of the opinions are positive. Some of them think uh you know that gold may go down as low as eight hundred dollars an ounce. Other people believe that gold is on an up cycle and you'll see two thousand dollars an ounce next year. But it gives uh, clients the ability to educate themselves and to understand how the markets work. And then they can have a better basis to make an investment decision as opposed to just getting caught up in the hype of a dealer saying, you know, the world's coming to an end, gold's going to 10,000.
1: Right. And getting an education is so important. Peter, how can our listeners get in touch with you?
2: Well, they can reach me at uh, my email address at phug at kitco.com. Uh, I write a uh, pretty much uh, the markets have been a little quiet, but generally I write a daily little blog uh, every morning on kitco.com. It's, it's uh, oriented towards more uh, the people that are looking to trade in and out of the metals. Uh, but I generally give my uh, my feeling on where I think the, the markets are going to go in the short term. Uh, so, you know, those are two ways they can read my blog, which has my information, or they can send me an email if they have a specific uh, question and, uh, can't promise I'll get the answer back to them the same day, but I will respond to their questions and, uh, and, uh, try to give them, uh, you know, the best answer I can give.
0: Awesome. Peter, we've absolutely loved hanging out. Do you have any other last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye.
2: Yeah, just, just like any other investment, just think it through. Do some research on it. Uh, you know, everybody says gold is great. And yeah, at times it is great, but at times it's lousy. Uh, you know, gold is not the end all. Uh, there's times when you want to be uh, more heavily invested in gold, and there's times you want to be less heavily invested or not invested at all in gold. It's the same as a stock. Uh, you know, it's just not you always have to be in the market. Sometimes you don't have to be in the market. And, and that's where, you know, I... I I've always been sort of the advocate of not scaring the client, and, uh, which unfortunately is a, is a common practice in our industry where uh, you know, everything is based on fear and, and creates uh, uh, you know, a, uh, a situation where clients invest in something where they truly don't understand because they're scared. So take the time, read, you know, read as much as you can about the precious metals, and if you do want a portion of your, uh, of your assets in gold, uh, treat, treat those assets the same way you would treat 100 shares of Apple stock or 100 shares of uh, you know, IBM. Uh, you know, think it through, and if you think that you've got your profit or, or you think that the, you know, the market may go against you, there's, no, there's nothing wrong in selling your position. It's not something you need to hold until you die.
0: Great stuff. Chainers, we've been hanging out with Peter Hug. Check him out and have a look at Kitco. They've got an awesome resource page where you can learn a lot more and find out whether if gold is right for you. Chainers, if you enjoy this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We're going to be giving shout outs to whoever rates and reviews us on iTunes. So don't forget to do that to get your name up in the limelight. Catch you on the flip side.